Hurricane Ian is still putting people out of their homes, leaving so many without power, and many more scared they might be next. But there was a bright spot in the storm, literally. Stormy, the tawny kitten, rescued, cleaned up, adopted. Two Tampa police officers were patrolling the streets as Hurricane Ian continued its course through the west side of Florida. They spotted a wet and cold creature that they would name Stormy, a small kitten, scared and alone in the middle of the street. Only she wasn't alone. They welcomed her into the car, drove her to the vet, got her cleaned up, and within an hour, a family was willing to adopt her. A story that warms your heart and points us to Jesus. Alone, scared, cold, found, cleaned up, adopted, that's the gospel. Only it wasn't a hurricane. It was sin that left us out in the open. It was Christ who found us and gave everything to make us his own. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus and on this Tuesday. We're in a series this week called The God Who Leads You Out. And what a comfort that is, that our Lord leads us out. But you might ask, leads us out of what? Well, I'm glad you asked that. The truth is, there isn't just one single right answer. We all go through things in life, tragedies and challenges. Sometimes it seems like our time on this earth is one crisis after another. But there is hope. And today we're going to turn to God's word together and find that hope. And we'll also meet up with a new friend of mine, Robert Morgan, in Nashville. If you were listening yesterday, you heard him share a bit about how the Lord ministered to him in a dark time of his life. There are so many times when I'm prone to panic. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I have anxiety issues, and, mm-hmm. and I can have a panic attack with the best of them. So the combination of various factors and my wife, you know, was being diagnosed at that time with multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. So all in all, it was a a very difficult time. I wasn't facing annihilation like the Israelites were, but I think I had something of the panic and the fear that they had. They were trapped between the devil and the deep Red Sea. And sometimes we find ourselves there too. Now, sometimes it's our own fault. We do something foolish. We bring it on ourselves. We bring it on ourselves, but other times we are doing the best we can and we find these problems coming at us. But in any case, the moment that we recognize that when we give it over to the Lord totally, He can route us correctly, Hmm. then we begin to come out of the darkness. We begin to trust Him and find that He's going to lead us. And Charles, He leads us step by step. Robert Morgan, He'll be with us to share again. And then after the program, I'd like to send you one or more copies of his book called The Red Sea Rules, 10 God-Given Strategies for Difficult Times. It came out of a very hard time in his life when his wife was dying. He read Exodus 14, the chapter where God brings Israel through the Red Sea, and the Lord used that passage of Scripture to comfort him. I first saw this book a few months ago, and I couldn't wait to pass it along to you. In fact, I have a friend who buys multiple copies of Red Sea Rules and gives them away to encourage struggling Christians. This book uses the story of the Israelites to offer 10 strategies for dealing with hard times 
in order to move from fear to faith. All of us have faced times that seem impossible, and we long for God to move in mighty ways, just like he did with the Israelites. This book will remind you of something that we all tend to forget. God is in control, even in the most trying times of our lives. You know, the most difficult time to trust in the Lord is when you're already in the middle of a crisis. But with this book in your arsenal, you can internalize these biblical truths to be ready when the time comes. So when catastrophe strikes, you can stay calm, even confident, no matter what happens, giving the Lord time to do His work. Call us after the program and ask for your copy of the Red Sea Rules. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or give online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now, listen up as we're joined by the Isaacs.
don't have to be there long, so keep moving on. You might have to wait, and you might have to pray more than you usually do. You may be afraid, you may have lost your faith. God won't lead you, but He won't keep you, and He'll be with you in the wilderness. In the wilderness. I don't know how to describe them. Let's call them a polished Christian bluegrass group. The Isaacs opening this haven today and their song called The Wilderness on a haven today called The God Who Leads You Out. One of the hardest things to accept as a Christian sometimes is a very simple truth. The Lord is on your side. He is with you no matter where you go, and he even leads you through the hard times. And it's in the middle of those hard times that we need to know this truth. The Lord has placed us there or sometimes he's allowed us to be there for reasons we may not yet know, and maybe we'll never even know. That's a principle that Robert Morgan, who wrote the Red Sea Rules, describes in his book. It's hard to see it now, but the Lord calls us to faith in him even when we don't see everything clearly. The people of Israel had to learn this as they were trying to escape from Egypt. The Lord had led them to the shores of the sea, with the Egyptian army bearing down on them. There was no way forward, and they certainly couldn't go back, but the Lord had brought them there. I want you to listen to how Robert Morgan describes the scene and how it helps us understand that the Lord wants our good in the midst of our hard times. So if you think of any difficult circumstance you're going through, maybe you have a significant crisis in your life right now, or maybe you just have a little problem, But whatever it is, try to relate to this and let's study how the Lord helped the Israelites when they were trapped here between the devil and the deep Red Sea. So here's the first thing. Realize, recognize that God has either placed you where you are or allowed you to be there for reasons which maybe only he knows. Recognize that God intends for you to be where you are right now. So look at verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and to encamp in front of Pi-Haharoth between Migdal and the sea in front of Bel-Zephon. You shall encamp there facing it by the sea. Now when I was on that airplane and I read this verse, I couldn't believe how that verse, God just spoke to me through that verse, and I couldn't believe it because if someone came to you, suppose they came to you this afternoon, they called you on the phone maybe, and they said, I have this terrible problem, and I need a verse. Is there a verse anywhere in the Bible that will help me with it? How many of you would quote to them, tell the people of Israel to turn back and to encamp in front of Pi-Haharoth between Migdal and the sea, facing in front Bel-Zephon, you are to encamp facing it by the sea. That's not the verse 
that you would probably think of telling someone. But here's what that verse said to me. These Israelites who were in a cul-de-sac and trapped there were there simply because they were in the will of God. He led them there deliberately. He allowed them to be there. He knew what he was doing. He told them, here is where I want you to go. And when they got there, they discovered it was an impossible place. And sometimes God just puts us in impossible places. He lets us, he allows us to face situations we never dreamed about, that we don't want to face. And imagine the terror when the Israelites found out that they had maneuvered around until they were absolutely trapped and facing annihilation. But when you read through the Bible, you find there are so many people. They were following the Lord as well as they knew how, and they ended up with some terrible problem. For example, Joseph in the book of Genesis, there is almost nothing bad said about him. He was a visionary young man. He was very good. His brothers weren't so good, but he had a good heart. And he was just minding his own business and doing what his father wanted and doing what God had told him to do when he found himself kidnapped and stripped and sent off to Egypt and enslaved and then accused of rape and finally in prison from the time he was 17 until he was 30. And yet it says the Lord was with him. He was in an impossible place, but it was God's will for him to be there. Or think of the disciples on that day when they fed the 5,000 and they were exhausted. And Jesus said, well, now you get into that boat and go across to the other side of the lake and I'll meet you there. And they got in that boat and pretty soon they were in a storm and they were rowing and straining and struggling all night long, drenched and terrified. And Jesus came to them walking on the water and Jesus had told them, that's what I want you to do. He knew exactly what he was doing when he sent them in the storm. So sometimes we just follow the Lord's will as well as we know how, and we still end up in a hard place in life. Well, recognize that God has either placed you there or allowed you to be there for reasons which maybe right now you don't know, but He alone does. It was Robert Morgan delivering a message to a congregation, Bethany Church, and explaining that the Lord sometimes has reasons for the things we go through that only He knows. We aren't given a backstage pass to see everything He wants to do for us in our difficulties, but what we are given is the presence of the Lord. That's so important to get it right. Too many times I talk to believers who think the Lord has abandoned them because they're going through a hard time. They've been taught that the Lord only wants them to be rich and to be healthy. They've been taught that only the wicked are sick or hurting or poor. But we need to know this. The Lord is with us no matter what we're going through. Just because we're going through difficulty doesn't mean that we've been abandoned. But it's not just the Israelites on the shore of the Red Sea that shows us this promise. It's Jesus Christ himself. Jesus lived his life to show us that the Lord loves us. He lived his life to show us the unbreakable promise that he is there with us through it all. His name is Emmanuel. That's what Matthew tells us. When Jesus was born, they called him God with us. Mark tells us that he called his disciples to follow him so that 
they would be with him throughout his ministry. He spent his time with the sinners and the sick and the lowly and the poor. He promised his disciples and you and me that we will face hard times. And yet the Lord will not abandon us. But it goes even further than this. Jesus did not just live the promises. He went to the cross to make sure they would come to pass. And on the cross, Jesus was forsaken so that we wouldn't be. He went through hard times to ensure that you and I would be more than conquerors in him. Now, all of this reminds us that the Lord is with us in hard times. He wants to use these times to bring us nearer to himself. We might never know why he brings us hard times. He alone might have the reasons. But like Job, we are invited to trust in the Lord. Jesus himself shows us the way. And in the midst of all of this, remembering that the Lord leads us to hard times and leads us through hard times, we remember he wants us to trust in him for life, for salvation. In the midst of all this, remembering we cannot forget to praise him. Let me say that once again. We can't forget to praise him. I see it all the time. Somebody faces incredible suffering. Maybe they get sick, or someone they love tragically passes on, or something terrible happens, and they know exactly what to say, how to say it, when to say it, but something is missing. They aren't praising the Lord. They aren't praising Him. I'm not trying to say that we should be happy-go-lucky when we suffer. We don't need to put on fake smiles. The Lord sees. He knows our tears. We can't be free to feel and be sad in his presence. But even in the tears, our hearts can be praising him. Whatever we go through, the Lord is always worthy of our praise. Whenever we suffer, the Lord is still with us, and we can be finding joy still in the salvation that we have in his name. So many psalms show us this tension, deep, deep sorrow. But at the exact time, deep, deep joy in the Lord. In one breath, the psalmist could ask, Why have you abandoned me, Lord? But in the next, they could say, Though my heart and my flesh fail, the Lord is my portion forever. This is what I mean when I say we cannot forget to praise the Lord, even in the midst of hard times. Our joy is in Him. Jesus went through the pain of the cross, the horror of abandonment from his Father, to make sure we would be delivered in the end. The Lord has a purpose for our pain. He can use it as hard as it is. He can use it to bring us closer to himself. The Lord wants to bring us through it, and through faith in Christ, he will bring us all the way through it. And in the midst of it all, we mustn't forget to praise him. This reminds me of one more story from Scripture. It's found in the book of Acts, And it brings all of what I've been saying together perfectly, I think. The apostles had been preaching the gospel. The church was just established. People had been meeting Christ. And that made some of the religious leaders angry. They brought the apostles in and charged them not to preach anymore. And before they let them go, they beat them. Silencing, threatening, physical violence. This was persecution. I'd call that a hard time. But when the disciples finally got out, black and blue, even bloody from their flogging, here's what happened. 
the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. There you have it. Rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming, preaching the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Praise and joy in hard times, remembering the Lord's hand. This is how the Bible teaches us to love the Lord and to walk with Him every day. No matter what we go through, we can find joy in Him. We can do it as we praise Him, because we have Jesus. And at the end of the day, that's who it's all about. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads His dear children along. Where the waters cool flow, bathes the weary one's feet, God leads His dear children along. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire. But all through the blood And some through great sorrow But God gives a song In the night season And all the day long Sometimes on the mountain The sun shines so bright God leads His dear children along Sometimes in the valley In darkest of night God leads His dear children along Though sorrows befall us And Satan oppose God leads His dear children along Through grace we can conquer Defeat all our foes God leads His dear children along Some through the waters Some through the flood Some through Some through great sorrow, but God gives the song in the night season and all the day long. An a cappella rendition of an old hymn, Selah, God Leads His Dear Children Along. A haven today called The God Who Leads You Out. Thank you for spending some time with me today. And I pray these programs this week from Exodus 14 bless you as much as they've been blessing me. We're all going through hard times after all. No one can deny. And even if you are not overwhelmed by life's challenges, we are all in desperate need of seeing the comfort of Jesus Christ every day. 
But remember the good news. God is actually enough. We know that from the Bible. The same God who led us in will lead us out. And that's exactly the point Robert Morgan makes clear in his book called The Red Sea Rules. Using the Exodus story as an example, Robert Morgan offers 10 sound principles for moving from fear to faith, all taken out of Exodus 14. And as you read this book, like I have, I know you'll be comforted to know that even in the midst of the impossible in your life, a hurricane, aftermath, or anything else, God promises to be with you and make a way for you. He is your God, your Lord, your Father, and your Shepherd. So call us right now. Won't you make your gift to this 100% listener-supported ministry? And if you just mention Red Sea Rules, we'll send you a copy of the book right away. We'll send you multiple copies if you'd like to share it with others, or read it first yourself and then get more from us later. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or give online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And remember, as I'm in Cuba this week, safe water systems will make a difference because we're working with an organization providing safe water systems that include a generator, but in churches that agree to share living water in their communities. And that's making a kingdom difference. But we need more help for that as well. Read about it when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We just saw the death and funeral of a monarch in the United Kingdom. Queen Elizabeth II has gone to be with her Savior, and King Charles III has taken over. But we know that just because someone becomes a ruler doesn't mean they're worthy of that position. But really, that's exactly what we need a leader who is worthy, and that's what we get in Jesus Christ. Remember these words from Revelation 5? Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. He is worthy to rule over all things. Why? Because he lived and died and rose again to save a people for God's great name. What a Savior. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.